I said, yes, I'm going to get up and I'm going to make the most of this year. And I'm going to put in place these positive psychology actions that you are learning in this episode. Welcome to the Live Well for Longer podcast, the podcast for people who want to learn the art and science of healthy aging and longevity. Join me, Sarah Little, a well-being science specialist and positive psychology practitioner, as I share the psychology and behaviors associated with longevity and quality of life. Let's begin. Picture this, a beautiful, tranquil Christmas, well-organized and nourishing You breeze through the month feeling empowered, calm, and tranquil. A joyous and serene Christmas is possible. In today's episode, we are talking about how you can have a serene Christmas. I am giving you the latest positive psychology interventions to help you flourish this Christmas season. I am your host, Sarah Little, and this is the second time I've recorded this episode. In the first recording, I focused a lot on the science. And when I went to listen to it, I realized that I don't only want to get across the science. In fact, I think it's only about 20% of what I want to share with you. What I want you to take away is the application, the know-how, and that is the challenge. The challenge is putting things into application. So today, I'm not only going to be sharing with you seven positive psychology interventions that are proven to enhance your health, your happiness, and your longevity but also the application of these interventions in my own life. So you'll be going behind the scenes for how I have implemented these positive psychology interventions throughout the last year. And I have made it a habit to integrate these interventions in my life. I went on this happiness journey this year where I said yes to life. I said yes to myself and yes to getting outside of my comfort zone and trying new things. Now, this hasn't always been the case. I started studying originally a graduate diploma in positive psychology. And I realized very early in that the positive psychology interventions do work but we have to learn how to implement them in order for them to work. And this is something that I personally struggle with. So at the end of the last year, I had now moved on to be completing my master's in applied positive psychology. And I felt very much equipped with a lot of the knowledge of positive psychology and a lot of the knowledge about how we use these interventions and how we thrive as people and as communities. However, there was one moment where I was just laying on the floor and I was sort of having just a down moment and I was just staring out into space, literally staring out at the moon. And I just wasn't feeling myself. Now, throughout my life, I have 
struggled or been challenged by depressive symptoms. It's an ongoing account for me. And this is something I've had for most of my life. What's happened is throughout the years, I will get into these funky states. And sometimes it's just a matter of everything going south, everything going downhill. So here I was laying on the floor, just staring at the moon, not thinking about anything. And I realized in that moment, I wasn't as happy as what I could be. I wasn't as healthy as what I could be. Certainly there were things in my life that I was struggling with at the time. I just had healed Graves' disease and I would soon shortly find out that I had another autoimmune condition. So I was not without health problems, but I didn't want this to stop me. And so I said yes to life. I said, yes, I'm going to get up and I'm going to make the most of this year. And I'm going to put in place these positive psychology actions that you are learning in this episode. So these are very close to my heart because I have implemented these throughout the year. And I will tell you, I've had my happiest, healthiest year that I've ever had in my entire life. And I had this idea at the start of the year when I was feeling unwell, that if I couldn't implement these things and I didn't know how to be happy and I couldn't be happy. And here I was, a person who had studied positive psychology, who was completing their master's, then how would my son be happy? How could how could my friends be happy if they didn't have the same knowledge? So it really was an aha moment for me because here I was having all the knowledge of how to be happy, healthy, and live a wonderful life. And I still wasn't, ha wasn't happy. So what happened was I had my yes year and I purposefully chose these seven positive psychology interventions and I purposely inter integrated them into my life. And so this is definitely an episode close to my heart. And we're going to dive into these seven positive psychology interventions. Before we move on, I really want to share with you this one amazing analogy. And this is a term that I coined, and it's your mental and emotional bank account. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. We each have our own financial bank account where money goes into, money comes out of. Sometimes we are in debt, sometimes we have a positive. Um, amount of money in our account. Sometimes we have both. Often we have both. And that is part of life. We have this financial bank account. Now we also have this emotional and mental bank account. Similarly, in this bank account, we deposit positive emotions like we deposit money. We deposit positive emotions with our actions, behaviors, beliefs, relationships. And all of these things, all of this positivity increases our emotional and mental bank account. Whereas when we have things that challenge us, that stress us out, things that we may feel um, are wearing us down, maybe it's a job that we are in with a boss who micromanages us, or maybe we're in a business that is really struggling to take off and it's been some time and it's really affecting us mentally now. And these things that affect us 
and that wear us down a little bit, take from our bank account. So they put us into, uh, they take from the money that's in there or the emotional and mental financial wealth that's in there and they take from it. So you can imagine if you're having a really bad year and a lot of things are going wrong or a lot of things are not as well as they could be on many regards, whether that be your health, your relationships, your career, on any level, that is going to take from your emotional and mental bank account. Now, if you have already a bank account that is high on positive emotion, high on joy, high on flourishing, it's going to be harder to wear that bank account down. So what's going to happen is the more emotional, positive emotions, positive mental health you put into this bank account, the easier it is to thrive when we're faced with adversity. And we will be faced with adversity. We will be faced with loss, grief, heartbreak, unexpected news, unforeseen circumstances. And so this emotional and mental bank account is a really important point I want to share with you today because these seven exercises we're going to dive into, they help you to add to the positive emotional and mental bank account. They add assets to your bank account. They add wealth to your bank account. So let us dive into the seven positive psychology interventions. The first one is physical activity. Yes, exercise is one of the most important things we can do for our happiness and health. And when I was researching this episode, there was one paper which said only 10 minutes of exercise a day can increase your happiness. Now, this is one of the things that I think is individual to you, similar to sleep. For me, I have a limit that will push me over the edge and I will end up withdrawing from my bank account if I force myself to exercise in unhealthy ways. Whereas if I focus on exercising to just normally between 20 minutes and 40 minutes a day, that is a healthy amount. So exercise plays a critical role in building up your emotional and mental bank account and helping you to flourish and live well. I'm not going to touch too much on all of these principles because I think what I will do in the future is we will have individual episodes, but this is an excellent episode to really taste each item. So you can go, it's as if you're going to a, a smorgasbord of food and you get to sample each individual one. Now, the next item is calm interventions. And calm interventions are concerned with meditation and mindfulness. Think of calm interventions like mindful breathing, mindful body scan, non-judging, loving-kindness meditation. And all of these activities help to decrease stress and help to increase positive effect. Now, over the Christmas period, it is a stressful time for many of us. So I would encourage you to choose one calm activity and see if you can commit to it for 30 days. Obviously, this is going to be unique to you. 
For me, I'm committing to a mindful body scan in the evening when I go to bed. So this just allows me to scan my body, scan each part of my body to check in energetically, how am I feeling physically, how am I feeling? And it just allows me to further release any stress from the day. So I check in with each part of my body and then I release any stress that I might be having held in that body in that part of the body. But this is up to you. Again, tune into your intuition and feel into what would suit you best. I am a big believer in meditation and it's one of the most widely studied topics and for good reason because it does help to um, increase positive effect. It does decrease stress and Essentially, it also helps to improve immune function. So this is a really wonderful positive psychology intervention, meditation. But I think a lot of people think of meditation that where they have to sit down and just be a monk, sit down, fold their, cross their legs, fold their arms, uh, put them on their lap or in a mudra and just tune out the world. But that's not meditation. Recently, I attended a Buddhist silent retreat, and it was really interesting because one of the monks who was on the stage area when we were all meditating, one of the monks was sitting in a traditional meditation position. He was wearing his robe, and it had maybe been 20 minutes or 30 minutes. I don't know because we were meditating for a very long time but he had fallen asleep and there's nothing wrong with falling asleep in meditation. It's one of those things that it does happen. So I saw him fall, fall asleep and I just realized in that moment that even monks who practice meditation as a way of life, they fall asleep. They have thoughts. They have the same struggles as us of course, they may be a little bit more advanced and they may have the techniques to move through a lot of the challenges that a new beginner might not have, but they still have the same challenges. So when you come to meditation, don't feel like you have to have everything all together. I don't think we ever truly arrive at a place where we can be free of thought so long as we're living. But just allow yourself to watch your thoughts. And again, without judgment, similar to my body scan, I scan my body without judgment. I'm not judging any emotion or feeling that comes up. I'm simply observing. And this is the benefit of calm activities. They help us to observe our situation instead of be immersed in it. The next item, the next positive psychology intervention is thinking interventions or taking stock. So this involves working through and integrating past events, whether these events be positive or negative, into our present situation. And this is one of the biggest things that has helped me this year is to see my past differently. I think for me, I was carrying around a lot of my past saying, I'm an introvert, I can't do this. I haven't been able to do this in the past, so I can't do it in the future. And all these beliefs that we have about our capabilities, about who we are as people, they come from beliefs that are situated and based in the past. 
Now, we know that we have this filtering system where we don't see the world as it is. We see it as we are. This is because we already have these pre-programmed, it's like a computer. We already have this pre-programmed operating system in which to filter the physical world through. And now when we start to think and take stock, it helps us to see the world clearly. You may have some fears around some social situations coming up or some fears around Christmas just generally. I I certainly know that I do. So I encourage you, if you do, have a little bit of fear, a little bit of anxiety, to really review your beliefs and take stock of where is this belief coming from and what past event was it formed and is this a realistic belief or is this a belief that is being filtered through your operating system, through your previous experience? So thinking is one of those items which I just loved, but make sure you don't get too weighed down in it. Okay, next we have the positive psychology intervention of identity or identity-related actions. And I love working with identity. I was introduced to psycho-cybernetics, which is absolutely just a horrible, horrible name, um, by Dr. Maxwell Maltz when I was maybe 20 years ago, I think when I was 17 or 18, I first read his book and it completely transformed my life. He, if you haven't read that book, I suggest reading it. He was a plastic surgeon and he noticed that when he operated on his patients, what would happen is that even though he would change their outer appearance, their inner appearance would still remain the same and they hadn't developed that inner identity of who they are. Now, I love identity-related interventions because they help us to enhance our personal strengths. They help us to become our best possible self. Now, working with your strengths, you may think, is one of those things that is nice to do, but it actually has a lot of science behind it, which is wonderful. If you do not know your strengths and this is something you want to work on now and in the future, I suggest taking the free Strengths Finder at the VIA Character Strengths Survey. So it's VIA. And this is an excellent, easy and free way to work out your strengths. I have personally been working with my strengths ever since I started my journey with positive psychology and it has absolutely been life-changing. It has helped me to have a higher sense of purpose, more intention and attention with my work and it's also allowed me to understand when I was overusing them and misusing them and really taking from my bank account instead of adding to it with my strengths. Now, next up, we have optimizing, and optimization is concerned with actions that enable goal setting, looking to the future, as well as improving our current situation. And optimization is really about how can we uh, get to where we want to be? What do we need to do to get to where we want to go? 
One of the things I just love about goal setting is that it's not necessarily about the destination, but it is about how you get there. It is about the person whom you become in order to reach that goal. Now, if you can hear a puppy in the background, it is my little French bulldog named Luna. <laughs> she has decided to join us today on this episode. She's interested in learning about optimization. Goal setting is one of those items where I think a lot of people look to in January and February, but I encourage you to look at goal setting in November or December. I generally plan my goals from October onwards to November, December. I plan very early for the coming year. And I always review my goals throughout the year because they do give you that sense of purpose. They help you to maintain the sense of hope. And I love goal setting because it's one of those things where I think it really gets a bad rap, but it's actually more about your sense of motivation, your sense of agency. And this is one of the items that we will be talking about in the new workshop we have coming up, the Positive Aging Retreat. We're going to be talking about all of these items we've discussed today, but we're going to be going deep into some depth and a free bonus masterclass with that course on the benefits of hope. We're going to be setting goals that are based around your strengths and we're going to be using hope theory as like a North Star to guide you into creating a really wonderful self-care plan for the coming months and the coming year ahead. If you're interested in learning about that, then you can go to positiveaginginstitute.com slash retreat. Now, we have two more to cover today. The next is nourishing interventions. And this is concerned with actions that are pleasure-based or self-soothing. And it's really about taking care of yourself. So this is one of those items I would recommend you really focusing on for the Christmas season. You can, of course, choose one of each of the items that we've discussed today, or you can go deeper into a select few. If you decide to go deeper into a select few, I would suggest going deeper into the calming and the nourishing. And I say this because the nourishing is really concerned with self-care, making sure you get enough sleep. If you're still working, which many of us are, making sure you have enough rest. And it's concerned with taking time out for yourself to do things that make you happy. When we are socializing at Christmas and when we are moving through this Christmas period, oftentimes we sort of become this person who goes out and does all these things. We become this busybody and allowing ourselves to take time for us, just ourselves, especially if we're mothers or we're caring for our parents. It can be a really wonderful and nourishing thing to do, not only for ourselves, but for others. Because when we take time out to do something we enjoy, to self-soothe or to do a pleasure-based activity, we really fill our bank, emotional bank account up. We fill our bank account up and we have more to give others. 
So this is one thing that I am going to be focusing on in the Christmas period. I am working on my sleep health and I've been working on this for the last year. I abide by the three, two, one sleep method where I have no more food, no more drink or no more alcohol three hours before bed. Two hours before bed, there's no more work, no more heavy intellectual reading. I start to switch off and start to wind down for the day. And then one hour before bed, there's no more screen time. So I shut off all my computers, my phones, and I just start to really relax and get my room ready. Sleep health is so crucial as we as we age and get older. And the number one scientific-based intervention is sleep hygiene, aside from obviously medication, but sleep hygiene is the number one way to improve your sleep health. Mm -hmm. And a recent study came out where they studied the white brain matter and they found that it was only 6.5 hours of sleep, which is the optimum level of sleep hours um, for good health, for great health. So this is very interesting because if you're like me, then you may find that, you know, you stress if you get anything less than eight hours. Well, you don't need to. If you get 6.5, you are doing really well. Now, lastly, we have social actions, and this is concerned with maintaining positive relationships. I said at the beginning how I went on a yes year, and I've also discussed how I am an introvert. This was one of the items that I really largely worked on this year was developing and maintaining strong social relationships. So throughout December, make sure you check in with your friends, check in with loved ones, and just have that time to really connect on a deeply meaningful level. So these seven positive psychology interventions are known as actions, and they were proposed by Bonniewell in 2017. I would recommend choosing one or two, or if you feel called, if you're like me, where you love, love self-care and you love positive psychology, go for gold. Integrate as many as you feel called. So I have my self-care, my positive psychology intervention plan for the month ahead, and it integrates all of what we've discussed. But I really am focusing on me time and those nourishing interventions. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, let me know by leaving a review. As well, if you feel called to take this episode a little bit deeper, to take these practices deeper, then I encourage you to come over to positiveaginginstitute.com slash retreat to learn about the Positive Aging Retreat where we discuss how you can age well, age strong and thrive. Now, my friends, this has been an absolute pleasure. I hope you have a lovely week ahead and a very kinetic and connected Christmas. As we conclude this Live Well for Longer podcast episode, we sincerely appreciate your presence on this journey. Your support fuels our mission, so remember to subscribe and leave your thoughts. And if you'd like to download a positive aging manifesto with seven traits to age healthy and happy, 
then visit positivehygieneinstitute.com slash manifesto. Until next time, live a connected and kinetic life.